Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. <laughs> Always. Hey everyone, Mr. Devil here, Kenny Danico, three-time Stanley Cup champion of the New Jersey Devils, and you're listening to the Uncle Puckers New Jersey Devils podcast with Chris, Dan, Bobby, and Tony, the Uncle Puckers. Let's go Devils! Tonight they get the goal horn. the goal horn because they won a game what's up guys welcome to the uncle pucker new jersey devil live stream with myself bobby and tony tonight and uh so we played a game against the islanders um it was a, a lot of fun to watch man that was a really fun game i totally enjoyed it i um go over it a little bit first period scoring you know, we're going through our whole, are the Devils going to show up early this game? Or are they going to get a goal? It didn't always look like it. Islanders end up getting on the board first at 1235 of the first. Brock Nelson gets his second of the year. That was from Engvall and Palmieri. Looked like we were going to walk into that intermission down one nothing until Dougie Hamilton fired it at the 19-minute mark for his third of the season on the power play. Notice the trend on the power play. It's going to keep yeah. on going here. And that was from Meyer and Schmidt. Um, to end it, that first period at 1-1, we roll into the second. And that second, that first three minutes of the second was just cray-cray. Tyler Toffoli on the power play, his first of the year from Hughes and Bratt. That was at the 21-second mark of the second period. That put us up 2-1. And then a mere, well, I don't know, at the 137 mark, so a minute and 19 seconds or so, uh, Brock Nelson gets his second of the night. Uh, his third of the year from Palmieri. That ties it up at 2-2. Uh, that goal was a terrible play that Luke Hughes had made. He whiffed on the pass. Nelson scored. But a short um, 53 seconds later, Luke Hughes on the power play gets his first of the year from big brother Jack and Brat. That's 3-2 devil lead. And it stayed like that for a little while, like four minutes. And then Bo Horvat. <laughs> scores his first of the year that was from Dobson and Martin at the 6-10 minute mark and we have a 3-3 tie going into the third 4-30 into the third on the power play Jack from Palat and Brat gets his third of the year 4-3 and then the little bit of the backbreaker at the 1849 mark 
The Islanders with the goalie pulled. Bo Horvat, his second of the night from Anders Lee and Matty Barzell. That makes it 4-4. We roll into overtime, and uh, we're going to talk about this overtime goal from Jack because it was a it was a goddamn thing of beauty. Jack scores the overtime yeah, winner, his fourth of the year, 10th point on the four games so far, leading the league. I'm sure that'll probably change after the million games that are going on today. But Jack from Marino and Timo, uh, three stars of the night. Jack, number one, uh, two goals, two assists for four points. Jesper Brack got the second with the three uh, assists. And Bo Horvat with the two goals, he gets uh, two points. Bo Horvat gets the third star of the game. And we'll dive a little bit into this a uh, little bit more, but I just want your kind of quick takes here, guys. Uh, we'll start with you, Bobby. Your, your, what's your first take of this uh, Islander win? Yeah, listen, I love this game so much that I watched it again today. Um, really? It was, uh, yeah, I was just, uh, we had double hockey practice in the morning and I uh, just had a chance to sit on the couch, turned on NHL Network, it was on, and I said, yep, that'll work. So watch it again. Uh, so much to like, a couple things to be concerned about, but so much to like. Their legs were going early, the team was moving. That power play has really shown us what we've been talking about, right? What they're capable of doing. I think they're at a 42 or 43% clip right now, which obviously they're not going to sustain. But you can just tell that this is going to be a lethal weapon for them. I mean, four on the Islanders is incredible. Uh, 42.9% on the power play right, right now. And that's only good for second in the league. I yeah, think the right. Red Wings are Red, first Red in the Red Wings are beating league. us yeah. by a couple tenths of a point. Yeah. So go ahead. Um, just, just insane what they're able to do. And uh, I think that that's going to be a major strength for us. You know, the game could have been a lot more of a blowout uh, if it wasn't for Sorokin. I think I'm, I'm on the Chris train now. I think he might be... Uh, the best goalie in the league to me now. Um, the guy's flat out phenomenal. Probably at least three or four more would have went by most other goalies. Um, it was great to see Toffoli get up there on the you know on the score sheet. Meyer got a couple there. Um, just overall the energy, the way they moved, and then just just Jack. Like my goodness, man! I know you want to talk about you know maybe after Tony does too, but I can't. That goal, uh, he just imposes his will sometimes, and uh, he's just so sneaky. The way he got that shot off in that fraction of a second is just he's ridiculous. Completely surrounded by three Islander defenders. Now, he's all alone out there. Makes that little move where the defender thinks that he's going to go charge the net. And the, turns him around. And that was all it took. And Dak with his silky smooth just makes that little pirouette. And that fucking wrist shot over Sorokin's glove hand. He had no shot on it. I don't give a shit how good Sorokin Came is. out of the net as fast had, as it went in. They said goal, yeah. and I was still looking at it going, did that go in? Oh, really? It was just, it was just so fast. Yeah, it, was, so it was a hell of a wrist shot. Tom, what's your quick takes on the game? Well, you know, great game. Um, we outshot them 39-32. Uh, um, Jack had seven shots on goal, which is, you know, shit. Four points, seven shots. I mean, obviously, you always want him to have the puck. Uh, like you said, Toffoli had a great game. Um we saw Meyer had two points, so he got out of. I'm not. I don't know if the benching would help, but something helped, and he had a. You know, I know even um, Ruff said after the game this was the Meyer that we want to see. Um, you know, I think the biggest actually there's two things that I did take from this game is I don't think the Islanders going to be as bad as we thought they were going to be this year. There was a lot of the team looked a little looked tough out there, um, but Schmidt, you know, I. I'm not. I do like Schmidt, but that was a pretty not the greatest performance. Um, yeah, so, and Sorokin, I mean, some of those saves in that first period and the third period were just, 
highlight yeah, films. I mean, be, you play this game against a lesser goaltender, they put seven or eight behind them, yeah. no doubt. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Sorokin was 34 for 39. Um, it was He was amazing. Schmidt, How about uh, Hamilton's seven fucking shots? And he was just – I mean, Hamilton was uh, – like we said last the last couple episodes, he's coming in midseason form and – I'm really impressed with Dougie. He looks like he's going to eclipse last year's total, which were career highs for him. If he eclipses last year's totals, he's in the Norris Trophy conversation, no doubt. But, you know, we talked on the last episode, we did our key, well, not the last episode, we did our little keys to the game. Um, and, you know, real quick, and Tony had said his key was start fast, you know, let's have a good first period. They totally did. I mean, their legs were moving from Jump Street. They... Um, didn't get themselves into really bad positioning. They were actually able to sustain offensive pressure. They were getting sticks in lanes. They were playing a little physical. They had a really good first period. So being able to get that goal at the end was just, you know, a nice, nice little cherry on top for all their hard work. Uh, The one thing that you had said, Bob, that you were expecting some uh, compete a little bit more on the board, get on the board. You had four players that you had said, you said Luke Hughes, you said uh, Nico Heischer, Timo Meyer, and Dawson Mercer. And you you even said on that, I just need two of them. Right. You got your two. I Timo Meyer, two. right? He had the two assists. Luke yep. Hughes had the goal. Unfortunately, Heischer um, ended up getting injured late in that second. Didn't see a, a minute of ice time in the third. Lindy Ruff just said today, upper body injury. He didn't practice, but we're going to see how uh, Monday goes. So I'm hearing I don't he's going to practice Monday. Okay, so he's probably not going to miss any time. Right. Well, that's a good thing. Uh, but when he was out there, Nico was playing really good. Um, I mean, he had three individual high danger chances just on his, himself, and then three shots on goal. He was, you know, going there. But do you guys feel like maybe he's not very well liked amongst other teams? Because I feel like teams go after that. him. Yeah, I was watching that game. I got that impression too. I felt like. He was a target, and again, I felt like if they need to stand up for him more, but it did start to resonate with me that he's he's kind of being targeted often. Um, yeah. I guess for whatever I noticed reason. that in the last game against Florida, too, and at first I thought it's Florida. They have the history. Kachuk and him don't like each other. Um, but it was carried over with the Islanders, um, which I thought was a little weird. I don't know. Uh, could just be us. Um, and then I had said a big key to the game was establish a four check, which they did. Um, they were actually had offensive zone uh, time. They were cycling the puck. They they looked a lot more like the Devils were used to seeing in that game. And the other thing was I said pepper Sorokin with shots, and they did. I mean, they had 39 shots on goal, 43 scoring chances, and 13 high danger chances in that game. I mean, that is just every chance they had to throw a shot on Sorokin, they did it. And it was awesome to see. Um, You know, I I think we could take a lot of good away from this game. Islanders also had 24 blocked shots. That's how many shots we were getting on this team. 24 blocked. I mean, Yeah. yeah, they were just firing everything. Now, I do want, you know, Tony, you kind of touched on it. Akira Schmidt has not been Akira Schmidt, right? We haven't seen him really play very well. Um, Did have I don't know. Last inconsistent night. time, you know. You know, what do you make of that, Bobby? Is this uh, something to maybe get a little bit worried about or not? I'm not. I'm not personally worried about it from a team perspective because, if anything, I've said that I believe it's more Vanacek's net 
And I think that he should get the majority of the starts and not 51-49, but probably in the 60% or more. I think Schmidt's more than capable of being a backup. But I think maybe this can make some people realize that any goalie, especially ones with the talent that Schmidt has, can come into a series and take it over and have one of those moments, yeah. which he did for the Rangers. And he did not do for Carolina. So he went from superhuman to subhuman all within the span of a couple of weeks. Um, he just may need more time. He still may very well be the future and an excellent goalie going forward, but maybe flash in the pans are going to happen. But until he gets consistent minutes, uh, maybe he's not as good as we thought, but I still think he's perfectly capable. And again, I think with Vanacek maybe getting majority of it, I'm not too worried. I didn't like much of the uh, of his goals. I did thought that some of them, if not all of them, were a little bit weak. Um, he probably should have had them. Tell him what were you going to say? <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I like Schmid, but I don't. I, I'm, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I oh, think I'm definitely not out on him. Um, I think Vanacek yeah. eventually will take over the net more majority of the games. I think eventually that I know we always coaches always say it's going to be a, a kind of a split, but I think eventually as the season wears on, it's going to go to a certain area. I mean, I know that. It, look, is once a goalie starts getting into a little bit of a groove, whether it's Vanacek or Schmidt, yeah, right they're on. going to get the lion's share of ice time. Now, I do think, though, Schmidt starts Tuesday night against Montreal only for the reason that you're playing Wednesday against Washington and, and you know, put Vanacek in against his old team. I want to see how he does. Um, you know, so that would be kind of cool. Uh, either way, it really doesn't matter. But, you know, we have four games next week. I do expect probably Vanacek to start three of those four and Schmidt to only start one of those back-to-backs, whether that's Washington, Montreal, whatever. Um, I think I think Vanacek's had enough time off already because Schmidt got that start. We had a big break. We still had another couple-day break. I think he's getting in the net for the Habs. It's I mean, just, I mean I, I'd rather see six him, and seven days. I don't know, but I'd rather see him really in the net for the Washington game. I just like to you know have that see him against his old team. But you know the Devils were really they they were skating their ass off last night. And and, and how, I, how about yeah. Jesper Brack, guys? I mean this guy this year he really has shown up. Uh, he had three assists last night. He's getting he's becoming the norm. Like you expect this from him the last couple. Now you're starting to get this feeling that we talked about it last episode. No more contract thoughts in the brain. Um, he's just skating really well. You know, he, uh, you know, he, uh, it's, and then we talk about use. And I was talking to somebody last night on Twitter about this. I don't know who I, uh, I forget, which I apologize if you're listening, who it was, but how many points is Jack? Uh, Jack uses break in the hundred point mark this year. I think there's not any doubt in my mind. He's going to do it. How much, how many points does this guy get? I mean, no. I mean, there's only four games in. It's hard to say. I mean, if he's not, if he's, if he's injury free, yeah. Injury can, free. That's the key. Yeah. You know, he doesn't miss any time. Yeah. He will totally shatter a hundred points at the rate he's going now. At the rate he's going now, he's we're due for 200 points this season. You know, of course, we know that's not going to yeah, happen. Yeah. That's not going to happen. But, but the thing about this team that, I mean, right now you saw it a little bit last night. Um, the Islanders are not going to score four goals in a lot of games. And, and lose. Well, and lose, and especially with Sorokin. I, I mean, he had he allowed two goals in two games before that, and we threw five past him. And he is super fucking human, you know? Now, we're going into Montreal on Tuesday night. 
they're not a superhuman team. They right. don't have a superhuman goaltender. This team plays like this. They'll put seven behind them. Like it really can be uh, some nights really, really ugly uh, for the other team. Um, I liked a lot that I saw last night. I thought Brendan Smith played so much better. Um, I thought that he had a really strong game. I thought that Timo Meyer had a great game, but I had no idea that they installed a new rule that if you get cross-checked in the face, that's a penalty for the guy that got cross-checked in the face. Why did they call a double minor? I mean, not double minor, but a coincidental minors. Uh, I think on Timo, it was supposed to be a rough, um, I believe. They gave him a roughing and they gave the cross-check. They did replay it and you um, saw Timo kind of side looking at the guy and he just wanted to kind of sneak up on and give him like that little shoulder, you know, end of the play, you know, that little nudge. That must be what they're called because he was going to do that aggressively and then gets a stick to the face. That's the only thing. I think even the Islanders announcers, that's who I had last night. Yeah. Kind of said the same thing. That must oh, have the, been. Those Islander oh, announcers, were, that was like, I mean, that was kind of hard to listen to last night, I thought. I had the Islander I can usually deal too. with Butch, but uh, yeah, I don't yeah, mind the Islander guys. Oh, it was rough last all. night, I thought. Of all the locals, I'll take them. I do. Well, yeah, uh, I have to say, I absolutely love ESPN plus with all of these games and being able to watch. Cause I love listening to like out, like even today uh, at work, I was watching the Red Wing Ottawa game. So, you know, it gives you the option. Do I want to listen to the Ottawa broadcast? Or do I want to listen to the Red Wing broadcast? And I like to get a feel of different play-by-play guys, different color guys, you know? So I'm like, Hmm, I'll listen to the Ottawa guys for the first two periods. And then I flip over and I watch the third period by the Red Wing guy. And I did that all day today with all the games. I absolutely love ESPN plus and the fact that they give you, it's not just our stupid ESPN guys. I get to listen to the hometown announcers. I really like that real quick before we get going. So we are going to us, the trap podcast. um, It's a trap. And uh, there's a couple of other devil podcasts. I think Let's Go Devils is in on it. There's a couple of other ones. So what we're and a, and a couple of uh, kind of social media heavy guys too that have a good presence and a good following. Devil so related. The game plan is this: we have for our entire lives dealt with douchey Ranger fans showing up at our games, wearing their fucking blue, and cheering for their team to the point that. You know, like we've said it before, when Johnny McClain played on this team and they were playing the Rangers at the Meadowlands, he would tell the guys in the locker room, let's score first and get the crowd out of it. That's your home fucking ice, man. And they've constantly been infiltrating us. And it's the, I don't know if there's anything in sports that infuriates me more than whether I'm at a devil game, whether I'm watching it on TV and whenever the Rangers score or something good, the place erupts like they're playing at MSG. Yeah. And it drives me crazy. So we're going to attempt to try and get a large contingent, big ass contingent of (laughs) devil fans to buy a ticket and show up at Madison Square Garden. What's the date? March 20, March 11th. It's, I believe, a Monday night. I'm not quite sure about that. But March 11th, Devils, Rangers, Madison Square Garden. We will all 
be there. And we are going to try and get as many Devil fans there in our red to infiltrate Madison Square Garden and just give them a tiny little taste of what it's been like for us for the last 40 years. So March 11th, please, guys, you're going to start seeing it around. You'll start seeing it popping up on any other Devil podcast you listen to, any other social media, Devil social media sites. This is going to become a thing. Save your money now because, of course, it's MSG, so it's three times more expensive than going to The Rock, but we have a lot of time to save up. So we'll save up, and we'll all get there, hang out with everybody. We'll have a couple of beers. We'll probably all be sitting in different places. Who gives a shit? We'll get together before. We'll celebrate after. It'll be a lot of fun. It would be really cool, too, to meet some of our listeners. Um, You know, I want to thank absolutely nobody for being in the live stream right now. So... (laughs) I want to we're thank gonna, everybody for that. <laughs> Take the pressure off then. Yeah, I mean, uh, whatever. We're just starting that whole thing. So, And it's a Saturday night at 1030, so I'm sure there's going to be – I'm sure people have a lot better things to do. But uh, I think that's awesome that that's now a thing that we're all going to try and do. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's very possible too. I think this last playoff run was probably the best showing of Devils fans and MSG – in all the playoff matchups that we've had with them that I've ever seen. It was vocal. No doubt. It was loud. At, at some points, it sounded like the old days of Continental where you almost couldn't tell who was the home team based on the cheers. So there was a good infiltration there. I know it's a lot more excitement because it's a playoff game. There's a lot more on the line, reason for you to go there. But that's why we're saying do this now. Do this in a regular Monday night, March game. Like, let's make it ours. It's only one, and they probably still get to do it a lot more than we get to do it to them. But it'll be worth it, and it'll be fun. We want to see, see some it. of you guys, some of our listeners in those brawls that you see online. You know, we have some couple of the Uncle Pucker <laughs> fans beating the shit out of each other or beating the shit out of a Ranger fan. Well, you no, know? don't beat the shit out of each other. That's just stupid. That's yeah. counterintuitive. Yeah, but there is one thing that kind of worries me. Like, we're all talking about it, right? So we're gonna, we have, like, months now until March 11th rolls around. And then, you know, it's going to build up some steam and it's going to, you know. And then if March 11th comes around and there's like no devil fans there, that's just going to be really deflated. Play the wah wah so sound. We got it. Yeah, exactly. I don't well, have that that's one. That's on the listeners, not us. That's a listener problem. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then you're going to be outnumbered by these fuckers, which we, always, you know. But last year, what was it like? I would say 30% devil fans in some of those games. Where at the garden? Like? Yeah, at the garden. Maybe it more. Was, I don't know. Maybe. I think some might have been close to more. Uh, you know. Like I said, it was the best showing for me that I've seen at MSG. And likewise, it was actually the least amount of blue shirts that I've seen at The Rock um, or any one of our venues for, for a playoff game. Um, it just seemed it was more devils yeah, it than was, normal. It was, it was very cool. And uh, we got to do a little. I'd say last, I, just really fast. I would go to, uh, you know, I went to a lot when I was over in Tampa to go to some of the Ray games. And you would – I've never seen anything like it where the home team gets booed every game. There's only like – I mean, even in the playoff games, I think they had like 19,000 people show up. And they've put a quality team on the field for the last – you know, I don't know. I mean, probably the last, what, eight years, Bobby? The Rays have been yeah. – like, I know as, as a Yankee fan, they're always – they're a problem. Um, yeah. But you would never – as the out of all the games, teams I've been to, and I've been to like the Bucs games, I've been to a shitload of Raider games um, – I've never seen a team that when they show up their home stadium are always outnumbered, especially you got Yankees or Red Sox, forget about it. You know, and I know it's in Florida, you have a lot of transplants. So I, yeah. I understand somewhat, but I have, ne- like I said, 
I mean, you would hear the home team basically get booed. I mean, it was crazy. And it became the norm, though. And then you go over you go over the bridge to where the Lightning play. I mean, and Lightning's sold out every night. The fans are just – it's just blue everywhere. It's, it's, it's yeah, crazy. Yeah, to Chris's point, that's why it's one of the most painful things to hear when they're in our building and thinking it's theirs and doing their thing. And Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, what drives me even – slightly more batshit crazy than that is when I'm at a devil game against, you know, penguins and there's 20 fucking dudes wearing Ranger jerseys there. Yeah, isn't that weird that, to me? That it's just like, makes me so fucking mad. Um, it's a weird thing. Do a little housekeeping real quick um, for our hockey podcast network partners. DraftKings Sportsbook NFL is going strong and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. You bet. $5 on any game this week. You score $200 in bonus bets instantly. And every game day this October, you can take advantage of sweetener offers. Um, there are some decent games tomorrow uh, that I like as far as betting. I'm not, I do not promote betting, nor do, is this a place where you should ever get any kind of betting advice. But I do like the Raiders favored by two and a half over Chicago. And I like the Jets minus three over the Giants. I think that those two would cover. And if I was a betting man, I'd probably throw a few bucks in on it. But get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. How was that one, Bob? That was a good one. I like Thank that. Thank you. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21 plus age by jurisdiction void in ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance or seven days see sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources so we're going to play we're going to start a new game tonight guys and maybe down the road if we actually start getting people to like you know come into the Live stream that we're going to do every Saturday and stuff like that. And we'll get some uh, listeners to call in and they can play the game with us because we are going to be keeping scores. So it's the pucker predictions. This is the game where Saturday to Saturday, whatever games fall in between that week. So this week we would have Tuesday night against Montreal, Wednesday night at home against Washington and Friday night at home against Buffalo. Each of us are going to make three predictions about Anything quantifiable related to those games doesn't have to be one for each game. It can be whatever you want for those three games. We will give out points on every Saturday before we play the new game. We'll do a little accountability session, go over what we got right, what we got wrong, and points will be assessed. It will be one point for a right answer, zero points for a wrong answer, and we get a hat trick, which would be three points if you make a parlay or some ridiculously hard um, prediction that ends up coming true. There's a whole lot of kinks that need to be worked out. We're going to work them out on the fly. I don't have a sounder for that, but I'm going to make one this week, go. and we'll have it for next Saturday. 
That's a doorbell. <laughs> My kids got me that today, so. Go All right. Slightly different. All right. And so again, so some, some gonna... um, predictions so might be so hard in and themselves that it might warrant a hat trick point. Right. Because it's so, it doesn't necessarily have to be a parlay type of thing, but it can be just one that's very ridiculously hard. And like in baseball, if you say somebody's going to hit for the cycle. That would, that would be, be a, a tremendously, yes, yeah. Exactly. Like, I have one that I think might be a hat trick. Um, we will decide. The panel will decide. Yeah, and we decide it right now. So we're going to roll through that. We're going to start it. So we'll go Bobby, Tony, me. I'll write them all down. I'll keep track of them. And then the Dan will give us his uh, before the game on Tuesday. So when he's back on the show with us, he'll be able to play too. And so, Bobby, you're... First prediction for those three games is what? My first prediction is going to seem a little odd now, given the performance we had against the Islanders, but it's the one I came up with based on the team we were playing and their shots for and our shots against. And my first was simply going to be that we will eclipse 40 shots. Originally, it was in one of the first two games, but I'll double down on that and say we will have over 40 or over shots against the Habs. So 40 shots or more against the Habs. That's right. Okay. What's your first prediction, Tone? Vanacek will get a shutout against the Habs. So hopefully he starts that night where my whole prediction means absolute shit. Okay. You could probably take something like that and roll into the second game if he doesn't start because – it's hard for you to know. Yeah, you might want to say Vanacek will have a shutout in his next start. I think that there might be better for you wording wise because it just you'll lose the point if Schmidt starts no matter Especially what. Especially so. because it's the Habs or the Capitals, so you have equal chance. Yeah. So would you like to change that to yeah, Vanacek will have a shutout in his next yeah, start? Smart. Smart. Glad you thought of that on your own. Yeah. Thank you very much. Appreciate <laughs> it. All right. My first prediction is wrong. Uh, we, <laughs> it probably will be. We have seen uh, way like way too many, not too many, but a lot of penalty shots already in this first week and a half of the season. Um, a little bit more than I've ever thought and or, or I've ever seen early on. And a lot of them were like bullshit ones that I don't think should have been penalty shots. So my prediction is that the Devils will have a penalty shot awarded to them within the next three games. Is that a hat trick? Well, it is rare enough that a very specific circumstance has to happen. Uh, Tony, you guys, yeah. We think a hat trick on that, or do we have to say whether or not he's going to score? I don't think it's a hat trick. How could you not? How could you say it's not a hat? Like, why would you say it's not a hat trick? Because I could say whatever I'm... You know, because I have that right. <laughs> That's why I don't know. I mean, yeah, I could say it's a game. I would stupid. say so. What? what this, I mean, I'm, like the last play, uh, shot. Um, what you call it? Shootout. Shootout. Um, penalty shot we had was regular season. Was I don't even remember. We had one in the playoffs against the Rangers in Game One. But like, so it's rare enough. Why would it not say. be? Just because I don't like that answer. I gotta go. Reason. Like, why? We tell me what to say then. I don't know. Well, yeah, why, it's a, it's why a hat would trick. it not be? Why would it's a hat it not trick, be? A hat trick? I don't know. It's a hat I'm trick. I'm asking. Then. I don't know. Is it a, but I, I'm asking you guys. I mean, a, pe- a penalty shot is kind. Of, I mean, I guess it's not too. Doesn't happen all the time, but I don't know if it's like uh, too crazy of a thing. Did Did you say it's going to be in the next game? I said the next three games. I'm giving them the oh. next three games to get a penalty shot. 
I think if you could narrow that down, we'd be more comfortable possibly awarding you a three. All right, I'm not going to narrow it down because it's just something that's probably not going to happen at all. So I'm going to just keep well, it here between we the next three if games. All right. My vote is it's rare enough to go for three. Tony, you could stand with your not and we'll get Dan's deciding vote. That's fine. Because we've got to have can a, live we with that. break even. Yeah. I can live with that. All right. So what's your second prediction, Bobby? My second prediction is that Brat will have two two-goal games in the next three games. Two-goal ga- two, two goal games. Two two-goal games. Is that a hat trick? I, I, I mean, it's something that doesn't happen a lot. I'm just thinking, like, is that? Uh, I was banking on one easy one. And right. two that might get me bonus points. This I the think next that one. that could be. I I would be willing to say that that's a hat trick. Because it's more likely that it's not going to happen than it right. will, which kind of makes it a hat trick. I mean, and and it's also a a more of a parlay too. You need something to happen in multiple games. Correct. You know, so I think that should automatically be a hat trick. Yeah. Any objections? Oh, not going to argue that one. Okay. No, I, I can so. see that one. Patrick. So, yeah, that makes sense. Not the, not the you know, penalty shot, which never fucking happens, but that's all right. All right, Tony, you're up. <laughs> Let's say Brad puts two goals up against Washington. So that's where I kind of go with Bobby. I can see it happening because mm-hmm. that's – I just think Brad's red hot right now and – so it's by kinda, virtue of mine being a hat trick, yours can't be. No, his is only one. No, right? mine's not going to be a hat trick. Just because it wouldn't make sense. Yeah, mine's okay. not going to be a hat trick. I'm too. All right. The Devils will have their first shorthanded goal against the Habs. That's my second yeah. prediction. Yeah, that's a one for me. That's a, a likely scenario. Yep, and I'm really liking Brat on that penalty kill. Um, you know, he's, it's only a matter of time. So I, I do like that. I'm not willing to say Brat's going to have it, but I do think that we will have a shorthanded goal, you know, whether it's Palat or, you know, he's sure if he's out there, um, real quick before we go any further, like, no, you know what? We're going to jump into that after this. So, um, to do, to do Bobby, you're next, your third and final prediction. This one's really reaching because I'm not coming into it with a guy who's, currently scoring and I, i'll tell you how i wanted to change this before i'll tell you what i'm gonna go with just because it's what my initial plan was well I, i'm gonna go with mercer getting a goal in three consecutive games i was going to change it to he will start a three-game goal scoring streak which means that could be one of multiple scenarios right he could have one by the second and one in the third. He could just right. have one in the third game. But um, I like the idea because I know there was a couple times last year where when Mercer got on the board, he got on the board in consecutive days a few times. So that's, just, hey, I'm reaching out there for points. I know this is terribly hard to get. But that's Mercer's going to get a goal on in all three games. That's a hat trick, no doubt. I was just looking at the ones that I had written down. My and return kind of, will be zero, but it's a I'm hat trick. Kind of annoyed that I have here. Devils will shut out the Capitals, and Tony <laughs> Banachek will shut out the Capitals. I got to pick another one. All right, Tony, you're up. Third and final prediction, sir. Jack Hughes will have five goals and four assists in the next three games. Wow. 
Oof, big set that, of balls on that you. would put him Five at 19 points. And how many assists? assists? Four, four assists in the next three Nine games. points in the next three yeah. games? Yeah. Uh, I mean, when you look at the opponents, Tony's got cause to do that, and yeah, Stowe's going to take a hell of a lot. Uh, that's a hat trick. Oh, for sure. That's definitely. I mean, like I said, anytime oh, anything sure. that has you need to happen in multiple games, I think yeah. should be automatically be the hat trick, or it's got to be something completely yeah. um, uh, ridiculous, like uh, that doesn't happen a lot. So now I have to on the fly come up with my third one because I Friday night against Buffalo, Devin Levi will start the game. He will not finish it. Ooh. So that's what I'm going with. Devin Levi will be pulled or whoever is the goalie for Buffalo. I don't want to tie myself down for Devin Levi because if if it's uh, one of the other guys, I I don't even know who else is their goalie. So are you guys cool with that? If if I just write any goal, whoever starts in Buffalo, is that cool? So starting goalie will get pulled Friday night in Buffalo. Starting uh, Sabre goalie pulled. Yeah. I like these guys. These are pretty good for our first go around. So next week we'll go over, um, you know, who got them right, who got them wrong, and we will assess the points. Uh, Bobby, you have two hat tricks that you're going (laughs) with. Uh, Tony has one. I have one pending, apparently. Um, So we're going (laughs) to wait on Dan for that one. What? Yeah, I really, I really should have probably saved the Mercer one until I see him start doing something. But it got in my head, and I just can't let it go. So now he's got to do it for me. Maybe That's a lot. A How cool would it be if he's got a goal in the first two games? Though we're all watching that Buffalo game. Like, is Bobby actually going to fucking get this? <laughs> like, that'd be it's sweet. A, I'll tell you though. I mean, the. I mean, I know. Like, we always have our 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 little silver linings and things to try and be positive about when they lose. Was there anything in this win that you guys saw that? you didn't like what's what's our quibble it's the quibble section of the show now what 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 is it about it that you didn't like what would you like to change oh let tony go first i think he already kind of announced i got two two things obviously the goaltending is you know a little bit of a i don't want to say concern but it's in the back of my brain also we were out hit again like 22 to 10 you know, I saw a little bit. I mean, I didn't. I don't see an aggressive team out there totally. But I've been putting up the points. I can't really complain. But I would think the biggest concern would be Schmidt. I think anybody has to have a little bit of like a head scratcher. Like, okay, you know, what are we going to wind up with? Well, you know, just to kind of about that, like, we don't know what we have with Akira Schmidt. All right, so I mean, this is all and we've said that new. during off season too. Right, I mean, it's not yeah. a surprise. So what? If he's not the guy, you know, what is our backup plan or plan B when it comes to, you know, Vanacek or God forbid Vanacek gets hurt? Uh, or what if Vanacek is, you know, has a rough go of it too? Like, I, that's the only thing. Like, who is our next and guy? Nick, up? Dawes is out till December, so it's not going right. to be him. Um, Kincaid? It may, you know, I and guess it would be right. You're right. Order. You say that about Vanacek getting hurt, and that would be like to me, that would be a very, very bad thing for this team. I mean, right. And I'm not saying that we're not. We've seen Schmidt win some games, but I mean, in the long run, I think it's a very. It's going to hurt us. Yeah. So what? I mean, it would be Kincaid, right? Yeah, I think at this point of the season, I don't know much. You know, of like who would be up because I don't know the numbers in Utica right now because it's so early. But yeah. 
Well, like I said, I, I just know that Nico's out until at least December. So Dawes, that is. Yeah. And what, what about you, Bobby? What's your quibble? Yeah, you know, I'm, I really don't have anywhere else to go but, but the goalie situation. Like, in a more hierarchical way, I just wanted to say that the fact that, you know, if you put up five against Sorokin, like, I don't want to see them getting four. But that's basically saying what I'm saying is it was the goaltending. It didn't really... Uh, didn't really live up to expectations for that game. That's all. I'm not. I'm not worried yet. Like you just posed a hypothetical, so sure. obviously I'm not saying you're worried either. You're just putting it out there. Um, but yeah, for for that day, it was concerning. Uh, my quibble is a little bit of what, a little bit of the goaltending, but it, it encompasses the whole team. We had a problem last year at the end of periods, letting up goals. We had two points in our pocket against a division foe. And we gave them a fucking point with less than two minutes left in that game with their goalie pulled. That drives me crazy. Um, you know, I just sat there going, wow, they're going to blow this? Like, they outplayed the Islanders for 60 minutes. The first time in four games that they outplayed their opponent for the entirety of the game. And they're going to freaking blow it in OT or a stupid shootout. You know, thank goodness. Jack did what he does, but like we gave them that point. We had two against a division foe and we yeah. gave it to him. And that drives me crazy, man. You cannot let these teams crawl back into games, especially super late in the third uh, with the goalie pulled. Um, you know, maybe if Heischer's out there, maybe that doesn't happen. Maybe there's a little bit more defensive responsibility. And that was probably the only goal that I don't fault Schmidt for. Um, you know, he was tried to cover it. He was yeah. on his belly. There was a, a, a melee around him. Yeah. yeah. The puck got loose and it gets, it gets behind him. Um, that's the kind of shit that were, that bothered me. Uh, that you know really they, did bother me. They had a lot to clean up coming into this game. So I'm going to give a pass on that one for now. Like they got some other, hopefully got some other shit straightened sure. out. Um, and then they can work on that next. Cause it's going to take a little while to round out, you know, every aspect of the team, but when they do show, Again, what they can do, to your point, um, that kind of shit shouldn't happen because they can just outplay most teams. Most you know, of the we time. did our, our lines all summer. We did a bunch of stupid shows of just, you know, talking about this season and what to expect. And a lot of it was speculation. But we, you know, the one thing that we always kept saying and we saw it during the preseason was this power play can be something magical. Uh, you know, I mean, on par with what the Oilers did last year and we saw it in the preseason. And then last night, does it worry you guys at all that our five on five was suffering a little bit last night where last year we were one of the best five on five teams and last year and then last night, every goal came on special teams. Did that, does that worry you at all? doesn't worry me that we've got every goal on the special teams. Cause that's just the situation that happened and we capitalized on that. But in general, yeah, I would like to see their five-on-five five play be as dominant as it was last year because, to me, that was kind of the key to that whole season. That's what really drove them. And then, uh, you know, the penalty kill, which was really good, and the power play, which was middle of the pack, was just kind of – it was a substitute to that. It was just like a little extra. And we kept looking at it saying if this team could play anything like they played last year, five-on-five, five, which is the majority of the time, and then parlay that 13th in the league power play to a top five – and right. maintain probably not number two penalty kill. I think we all said that in the summer. We don't even expect them to, but still in the you know five six range, then that's just like a triple win for the team. So yeah, I definitely like to see the five on five cleaned up. I just think some of that has to do with again this schedule. It's been choppy. It's been there's been no rhythm. I think 
once this team gets in a rhythm that we're not going to have that fear anymore. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go with the it's still early, and they've been inconsistent every game. You know, obviously they came out of first slow. Last night last night was great. So obviously the five-on-five, five, to have a, like a good year, you definitely want that. But I'm just taking right now, I would, hey, fuck a power play was, I would love to have a power play like that every night, like last night. But I'm just going to go with that. It's every game has been, obviously we're only a couple games in, but, you know, it's like a different team every night out there. Well, I mean, if you get the five on five to where it was last year, you get that power play in the mid to high 20%. You get your penalty kill. I'll even say top 10 on the penalty kill. I mean, we were fourth in the league last year. I think we can do around there. I think we can stay in the top five. But I would even say if your PK at the end of the year is in your top 10, your penalty kill, I mean, your power play is in the top three or four and your five on five. If you're, you know, goals for and you have, you know, a huge margin between goals against and you're just lighting people up. This is a very, very dangerous team. And it's like, you know, just all on the back of Jack. Like he, that swagger that he brings and, uh, you know, the whole team just follows. And I love it. And there's one other thing I want to touch on before we go, because we do, now we have with some injuries, right? Hollis not yep. playing, no six not playing. We didn't have this last season. The depth, the depth of this team right now looks really good. I thought Chris Tierney played a really good game last night. I thought that um, Nate Bastion played a really good game. I thought Curtis Lazar played a good game for the time that he was out there. Like the depth now, we didn't have that last year. And I like the fact that we have Noshik and we have Tierney and we have some of these dudes that can step in. You know, Hollow has been Hollow's been one of our best players through three games. And, you know, McLeod moves up, plays really good on that line. Lazard did what he had to do on that fourth line. I think our depth is something that's gonna be leaned on a lot this season. And it's gonna be and if it keeps on doing what it's doing, it's really gonna help this team maintain top of the standings. I really believe that. Yeah, I noticed a couple other things in the game, too, that I wanted to bring up. Um, specifically to Toffoli, what's really starting to impress me with this guy is I have a hard time kind of articulating this, but he knows how or when to do the flash and to just do the solid, like, straight-up play. It's like he's got this perfect little switch that he knows, like, this is time for something fancy that fits the realm of the game or just a straight shot. And um, I, I can't really explain it any better than that, but I just see that – in it just being a veteran, just just knowing the difference between you know taking like maybe a high risk chance, or doing some kind of fancy dangle, or just driving straight to the net. It's kind of like a just an all around player. Uh, so I really like what I'm seeing in there. And to your point, this isn't really so much about depth, but maybe about some of the lesser character guys on the team. I saw some things like from Holtz again last night that really impressed me. It didn't wind up going on the score sheet, and it was probably missed by a few. But right after the Islanders tied at three three. Holtz had possession of the puck. He did this fancy dangle Beautiful move. pass. I mean, beautiful move. It was I, I know exactly what you're it talking about. It didn't work about. out. But here was a kid. He tried to take that moment, put it on his shoulders, and get the Devils back on top. And he's not known, quote-unquote, for his hands as so much as his big shot. But this is a skilled kid. And I just thought that one little play meant a lot coming from him to just, just try to take it again. It didn't work out. Maybe next time it does. It was but a that's really confidence. sweet move, though. You see it grow. It was a sweet move. Yep. Really sweet. You know, this team right now, uh, you know, if they, if they, they're just, you know, like Tone said, you know, they're finding themselves, you know, figuring out exactly what this 
2023-24 double team really is, uh, if it's anything like, uh, you know, what we saw last night. I mean, I just keep on telling myself, like, look, Ilya Sorokin was on his fucking game last night. Like, there was, he, you know, a lot of teams, he's shutting them out last night. Like, he's just, he was so fucking dialed in. You put five past him, dude. Like, that is the thing I keep on going back to. Like, you're not going to face Ilya Sorokin every single night. I mean, you're going to, of course, there are great goalies. No goalie in this entire, any goalie in this league can steal a game. But I think it does something for your confidence when you're up against one of the best. And you just put five past them. You know, it wasn't four in an empty netter. No, it was five clean, dude. And it was a beautiful fucking thing. Let's just hope they don't play down to the next goalie. You know, hope that no. wasn't a playoff scenario. Um, because, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. That that glove save on Jack with with his patience and his, like, triple deke right there, right in front of him. Uh, most goalies are not getting that. I mean, the, the patience that Jack showed and how quickly he actually got the shot off, too, for – how close in he was to the goalie and to still kind of get that lifted yeah. up from that close in. It was a beautiful shot. And maybe half the goalies get it. I don't know. All I know is Sorokin made it look easy <laughs> and he does that on a lot of saves. So, All right. Um, I just want to go over a couple of uh, some scores from today and, uh, and then anything else that we guys want to discuss. So today the Red Wings beat the Senators five to two, kick the shit out of the Senators uh, in their building. The Red Wings looking like a team, man. They really they are. They really are. Yeah. Um, the Coyotes with their third win of the year, beating the Ducks two to one. I uh, watched some of that game. I forget the name of the goaltender for uh, the Yotes, but he played really good. Uh, let's see. The Sabers beat the Islanders three to one today. That had Varlamov in net for the Islanders, and that was up in Buffalo. The Maple Leafs beat the Tampa Bay Lightning in overtime. Uh, the Canadians beat the Capitals, who are just in overtime. But Capitals are just a bad team right now. Like, they're really bad, dude. Um, it's actually surprising. I didn't expect them to be very good, but I kind of didn't expect them to be this bad, especially Ovi. You know, up until today, he, he was two games without a shot. Yeah. Like, yeah. Never happened before. No. And I don't know how many shots he had tonight, but um, the Panthers uh, lost to the Canucks 5-3. to three. The Golden Knights spoiled Connor Bedard's home opener 5-3 to three in Chicago. They look sick. Uh, who, the Knights? Yeah. This is the uh, – they're the only team to go 6-0 six six after in regulation after winning the Stanley Cup. Like, very impressive stuff. It really is. Uh, they are a really good hockey team. Yeah. Um, the Predators beat the Sharks 5-1, to one, and we have some games that are in action right now. The Blue Jackets and Minnesota Wild, it says 5-4. to four. I guess the Blue Jackets just won in overtime, so that just happened. The Blues are beat the Penguins 4-2. to two. The Stars beat the Flyers in overtime. The Avalanche are whooping up on the Hurricanes 6-3. to three. That's at the end of the second. Thank you, Avalanche. Thank you, is right. The Oilers are up 2-1 at the end of the first. And the New York Rangers, Seattle, Kraken are tied 1-1 with four and a half left in the first. And the Bruins and Kings just started about a you know, quarter of the way through the first. That's 0-0. Zero, zero. A lot of hockey. And then Tuesday night is what? The Frozen Frenzy. The only time ever in... NHL history that all 32 teams are playing in one night. That's going to be pretty cool. Is it? I thought, I thought they've tried to do that once a year now. I could have sworn that happened before. Is this the first time? 
That's what I heard. Year, uh, I, think too. I, I thought it was last year, but maybe not. Maybe either one. I heard that it was the year, uh, the only time uh, ever. But let's find out. Yeah. Kind of remember celebrating that day peacefully, quietly in my man cave with a beer. <laughs> you remember that? 32 NHL teams played on the same night. Yeah, I think it was like one of the shows I was watching. Yeah, it says here occurs to the. Da, 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 da. Um, okay, this is just the. Telling you about the Frozen Frenzy. First ever Frozen Frenzy. Maybe that's what I misread. That it was the first ever Frozen Frenzy. And not the first ever time that all 32 teams were playing. Um, all 30 teams. Exclusive. Yeah, so they're like staggering the starts and everything. I think that's yeah. pretty cool. Uh, we play, I think, 715 that night on a yep. Tuesday night. So yep. yeah, that'll be fun. I'm not sure. I got to check and see if that was, if this is the first time it's ever happened at all 32 teams. And that means there's either only, way it's, it's fun. It's nice yeah. to have. And because yeah. of that, there's only one game on Monday night and one game on Wednesday night and where the game Wednesday night against the Capitals. Right. So that'll be pretty cool. So um, anything else you guys want to talk about before we wrap this show up? Tony looks like he's falling asleep. <laughs> What time is it? Yeah. What time is it by you? you? It's uh, 6 a.m. Oh, God. That's crazy. Well, I was at the rink this morning. (laughs) I saw you at the rink this morning. Man, your boy's looking good. Great. Yeah. It was was great. We got our new coach. Um, We we met this uh, coach for his little league like two years ago. And, you know, he'd been in like five different, you know, teams on little league since T ball. And this one coach, uh, I just loved him. I love certain coaches. What's his name? Glitter. No. His real name? No, it's, it's like his first, What do you call him? Coach yeah, Dan. It's Coach, Coach Dan. Dan. So, and, um, how Coach long Dan until you guys start so, a fire Coach Dan chant? Yeah, right. He was so good at baseball and just the way he taught and the way he kind of followed the rules. Like, we were standing behind him when he got in an argument with like the other team's coaches because he called one of their kids out for running out of the baseline. And the coach was like, What are you kidding me? You can't do that. It's the minors. And my and Coach Dan was like, this is exactly when you do it. These kids need to know that that's an out and you can't do it. And I'm just following the rules. These kids want to go into the majors next year. They have to learn this rule. And I just love that because a lot of coaches don't have that kind of balls. Right. And then we we're talking with him and he, he turned to me and he's like, I told him how much I appreciated his work as, as a baseball coach. And he said, actually, he's like, my real sport's hockey. He's like, I've been coaching hockey for 30 years. He's like, and he started, he's the one who kind of started to tell us all these different little ways that we can get my son going into into hockey for, you know, without, you know, jumping right to travel teams and that kind of stuff. Anyway, he's now our coach for the elementary school league. That's going to take him from kind of this age through to his high school, which Chris, you'd be excited to know he's going to be a Viking. Yeah. He told us that. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Um, so yeah. So he had his first skate with him today. And just as a parent who watches his kid do a lot of sports, his time management as a coach was phenomenal. Like he was doing the first drill. I saw him like glance up at the clock, like, all right, that's enough time. I got to move on to the other drill. A lot of these parents, Myself included, I'm a coach right now. You know, we're, it's a part-time thing. We just kind of trying to help out. This guy, it's like he's got it all figured out. And I couldn't be happier to have him as my kid's coach. So, And there's nothing more annoying than fucking parents. Like uh, I coached baseball up in Pinellas actually for years in Florida. Um, and I know actually even – so we have here – I don't know. I don't know if they do it there, but like our kids are younger. So we have parent chat rooms. So for yeah. our classrooms – 
And man, I tell you, there's nothing more annoying than parents. So you have to give a, co- a coach credit because dealing with, you know, my kids should be in and it's, it gets crazy. And especially now, I think back maybe even like 15 years when I was coaching baseball, it was like a little easier. Now everyone's all entitled and all wound up that parents are impossible. So you have to give these coaches some credit. Man. I coached, to- when I, when I coached, I coached for like three years, um, the, you know, Joe, uh, my nephew's, um, team, the, and um, we started out, they were U8s, and these kids were not very good skaters. They were not very good at all. We stayed, uh, me and uh, my buddy Kevin were um, coaching. Actually, Kevin was the coach, and one day him and I were just BS, and he's like, I can you really use some help. So I kind of just started as helping him at practices to yeah. kind of then just being behind the bench at games to kind of him being like, you know what, you might want to just kind of run the practices and take the reins and stuff. So I did. We wanted to keep, so the first year, the kids were learning. It was really, they weren't good. Uh, the second year, they won about half their games. And then they were, a lot of them were moving up to U10s. So we had to go in for the draft. And we kind of were talking to the commissioner. I ended up getting about 95% of my old team moved up in the wow. U10s. And the third year, they went undefeated. It was awesome to see these kids just growing up and learning the game. Great? And getting better and better at it. And we had some kids on that team that uh, were really, really good hockey players, man. Like they just had this innate skill that they just, they were really good kids. And they went on to play in high school. And uh, one kid, Robbie, went on to play, I know, in, um, I think, in the University of Maine or New, New Hampshire or whatever. So, you know, it was pretty cool. It was a ton of fun. Coaching is awesome. Coaching's uh, great. Like tomorrow's our last game for Little League Minors. And I feel like, I just finally learned all the kids' names, which isn't true. I've known it. I've known it now for five, six weeks, and it was it's fall, so it was a short season. But you really do start to feel like they're my kids. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not even the head coach; I'm an assistant coach, but still, I have a lot bigger role this year as an assistant coach. And I really do feel like it's my kids. And you watch them get better and better game to game. And even with my kid, all the hockey we've done, I just finally figured this out in my head the other day. This time last year, he was just finishing up his first ever learn to skate. No shit. We got him on the ice about two weeks before Learn to Skate started. And by the second lap, he was off the boards. And then we went right to a six-week program. After that, we went into Learn to Play for multiple times and then did like a cross-ice league. But that's it. So he's been playing hockey for what it's worth, practicing or playing for one year almost to the day. And when I look at the skill progression, because he's yep. nine, he's not, I didn't start at four. This is not his normal thing. Like some of these kids were skating before they can walk. He's got to work really hard at it, and he's just doing phenomenal. But to see it, to literally look at it and go, oh, my God, this time last year, he was holding the stick wrong. He was right, sure, nothing. And now he's, he's skating backwards. He's doing all these drills. It's just That's fantastic. so much fun. And it's his one and only. Like baseball is now kind of like, yeah, I want to get some reps. Let's do baseball again. It's maybe on, maybe off. But he's hockey, about playing hockey. Just, yeah. That's my awesome. daughter's skating yeah. already, and she's at four. So we're trying. It's, it's difficult at that young age to, you know, it to – but yeah. I mean, we started getting her out there. I go out there with her, and you know, it's you got good. it, man. Yeah, get him out there young. Get him out there yeah. playing. And uh, yeah, so we're gonna come back uh, early next week. We're gonna preview some of the games. Probably the Montreal Washington game. That'll be Tuesday and Wednesday. Get a little ready for the Frozen Frenzy on Tuesday night for Bobby Tony. I'm Chris. We are the Uncle Puckers, and we'll see y'all when we see you. Later. Peace.